The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the 24th chapter. Jesus said to his disciples, About that day and hour no one knows, neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. For as the days of Noah were, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day Noah entered the ark, and they knew nothing until the flood came and swept them all away. So too will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two will be in the field, one will be taken and one will be left. The women will be grinding meal together, one will be taken and one will be left. Keep awake, therefore, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming, but understand this. If the owner of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. The Gospel of the Lord. Let us pray. Gracious and holy God, give us diligence to seek you, wisdom to perceive you, and patience to wait for you. Grant us a mind to meditate on you, eyes to behold you, ears to listen for your word, a heart to love you, and a life to proclaim you through the power of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. So this morning, as we entered into the sanctuary and found our seats in our pews, you were all visually greeted by new colors and symbols, the colors of blue along our banners and the symbols of our Advent wreath. It's a time of hope, a time of expectation. It's the time of Advent, the coming of Christ. And as identified in our gospel reading today, Jesus refers to himself as the coming of the Son of Man. So where do all these symbols come from, and what do they mean? Well, the wreath and candles have a pre-Christian practice from northern Europe, where the wreath, and they would light the candles with, with flames, and they would be represented during a time of darkness and in winter, of ushering and welcoming in the sun into days that were longer. And a few centuries ago in Germany, the Advent wreath represented Christ coming into the world. The candles with the light of Christ illuminating the world as you see represented today, and the colors were of dark blue. The blue representing royalty, hoping, longing, and really the color just before dawn when it's darkest, so that when we light that color, we illuminate Christ coming back into the world. And as you see There's evergreens along the bottom of the wreath. And that's representative of God's faithfulness to God's people, to all of us today through his creation. And it's put together in a circle. And that circle is a never-ending circle as Jesus Christ and our victory in him is in life and in death 
forever. And that, as our foundation established, I invite you into a journey in our gospel reading from Matthew. And we first ask ourselves, why does Jesus refer to himself as the Son of Man? Well, the Son of Man is a title that's public in character, and it, it's a way that Jesus relationship to the world. He uses it when he interacts with crowds, with opponents, with anyone during his ministry. As Jesus was a savior sent by God to redeem the people of Israel and who must suffer and die to provide salvation for the forgiveness of sin. The use of the Son of Man alludes to the fulfillment of Hebrew scripture prophecies as described in the following reading from Daniel. I saw in the night visions, and behold, With the clouds of heaven, there came one like a son of man, and he came to the ancient of days and was presented before him. And to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom, that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom, one that shall not be destroyed. As Christians, we believe that Jesus fulfilled these prophecies from Hebrew Scripture. And no doubt he will fulfill his promise as he says multiple times in our reading today, the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. So we know that he's coming at an unexpected hour, but what is that going to look like? What does the image of the coming of the Son of Man look like and represent? And Jesus states and gives us a description just from several verses in the same chapter of the same gospel by saying, For as lightning comes from the east and flashes as far as the west so will be the coming of the Son of Man. And I thought to myself, wow, when I read that, that is a peculiar way to describe yourself, to describe yourself as a lightning bolt. And I thought of the last time that a storm happened near our house, and we, I felt drawn, my, my family, my daughters, and myself felt drawn to the windows as we looked into the sky and saw the lightning dancing across. And it awe and amazement and its beauty and its divine in nature. A lightning bolt flashing across the sky is very illuminating. Everything on the ground has been made clear. It turns night into today without the sun. So too is the illumination of the light of Jesus that will again be brought into the world upon his return. There's no way of knowing at what hour or what day a flash will illuminate the sky. It's something that's not controllable by any humans, but only by God. For example, if we were to stand outside and say, we're going to stay together and just look above the church and wait for a lightning bolt to strike until we leave, we may be there for minutes, days, hours, weeks, months, years, you name it, because the timing of Jesus' return cannot be known, it cannot be controlled. So too is a lightning bolt. We do not know when they will strike or when they will occur. There's beauty in realizing that a lightning strike is unique to itself and it cannot be replicated. The immense flash does not follow a uniform path. It goes up, down, left, right, diagonal, straight, you name it. It can go in any direction and and has a mind of its own and its own divine in nature. And when the strike occurs, there's no human in this world that does not recognize it. So, for example, if we took someone from Africa and Asia, Europe, North America, South America, and we found an explorer on an iceberg down in Antarctica, and we brought them all into a room and said, this is a picture of what? Or we showed them a picture through a film of a lightning bolt. Everyone in their own language would know exactly 
what we were talking about. That's a lightning bolt. Absolutely. A lightning flash is universally understood by all humans from every continent. This will be like Jesus' return. It will be known and recognized by all in the world. And a lightning bolt is so powerful that no obstacle will get in its way, regardless of humans or animals or planes or skyscrapers. If a lightning bolt strikes, it can be damaging, and no obstacle will absolutely make a difference. It doesn't mean that it will be damaging, but it has the ability if necessary. And we look towards Jesus' words when he states, For in those days before the flood they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day Noah entered the ark, and they knew nothing until the flood came and swept them all away. So too will be the coming of the Son of Man. So what is the meaning behind the coming of the Son of Man? Keep awake, be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at his unexpected hour is repeated several times in this short narrative. The example of the thief that Jesus states, But understand this, if the owner of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. And I immediately think of my own life. If I wake up early and I go to work, just like, or I go to school, just much like you go to work, and I unlock the deadbolt lock, and I open up the door, and I shut the deadbolt lock, or the door, and I relock the door because I want to keep my family who's safe inside who may be still asleep or just awake just awoke and I go and I unlock my car and I get in my car and I drive down Eastern Road into Philadelphia and I park my car in this seminary parking lot and I get out and I immediately push my button and I lock it and then I walk 50 feet later and cannot remember if I actually locked it or not And I look back, and I push it again, and I watch both the light and the sound, and it's this reassurance that the thief is not going to get my car. Multiple locks, it's all ready to go. And I make my way into the seminary, and I pass the security guard who keeps our grounds safe, and I walk to the library where I go before class through this book detector who I think keeps all the book thieves out. But when I take my reference books in, the thing beeps anyway and identifies that I have books that I shouldn't or I need to get in early in the morning because the library was closed. And then I walk up the stairs onto the second floor and I open up my computer and I log into my computer and then I log into my email and then I log into my seminary website and I'm reminded that every step of the way, my family's safe, my car's safe, my seminary is safe. My library is safe from this random, mysterious book thief. Um, my computer is safe, and everything is safe. We're ready. I'm ready. You're ready. We're all ready. We're ready because we don't know when the thief is coming. Now, these are all important parts of our lives, but this state of readiness is not what Jesus is referring to by using this description in the text. An earthly readiness oftentimes has us looking inward to take care of ourselves. And it's easy, it's intuitive, it's natural. We take care of our families, we lock things up without even thinking. We don't even have to tell anybody. Sometimes our vehicles even lock automatically when we start driving. But a holy readiness has us looking outward and up for the coming of Christ. Jesus is the thief from our gospel that we want to welcome into our homes 
into our lives and into our hearts. States again, keep awake, be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. This readiness is not found by waiting for the exact moment of the coming of Christ, but rather through living faithfully. The emphasis is how we are living our lives. And based on the reading's position inside the Gospel of Matthew, it's right before the plot to kill Jesus. And there's a sense of urgency and there's a sense of importance as Jesus is describing the story to his disciples and the crowds that the coming of the Son of Man you will not know. But we need to live faithful lives in the time time being. I don't think the placement of this reading is coincidental as it's just after one of the last teachings from Jesus. When t- in a couple chapters earlier, Jesus teaches of the greatest commandment by stating, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. For we do not know when the Son of Man will return, but we realize at a minimum what we need to do. We need to love God, to love our neighbors, We need to live faithfully because we do not know when Jesus will return. The importance and urgency is clear. This is what our church, our community, our country, and the world need right now. As we open the doors of our Advent calendars, let us open our hearts to our neighbors. As we light the candles of the wreath, may we let our light shine into the world's darkness. As we wait patiently for Christ's coming, May we not be passive, but actively seeking after Christ who came to us in Bethlehem and then who may come again like a lightning flashing across the sky from the east and to the west for us all to see. The circle of the wreath and the cycle of the church here reminds us it retunes our hearts to the coming of Christ, not just on Christmas, not just one day in the future, but every day here and now. Amen.